Hello, Warwick. Hello, listeners. Hey, Nick. G'day, listeners. Hey, Warwick. What, Nick? How does an octopus go into battle? No. See your brain working here. But yes. This one out. Smoke coming out of my ears. Mm. He goes in well armed. Welcome to the Tradies and Business Podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade, helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. Oh, dear. <laughs> G'day, listeners. Welcome to another episode. Certainly at this time of the year as we record this episode, some of you probably wish you had eight legs or arms how many legs and arms does an octopus have eight, eight. yes are there octopi that have more than eight or less well, than look, eight? i don't know that's a big science-based question i reckon they're all eight unless they've lost one uh it's fairly poignant though obviously um many of our listeners would know that my wife and i had a a bub recently and i'm always reminded of trying to dress him is like trying to put an octopus in a string bag. It's so true. <laughs> my, my octopuses are all now, well, the youngest is almost 20. Um, I forget how hard they can be to dress. Oh, my gosh. And he hates every second of it. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk about octopi. Um, although, <laughs> if uh, if some of our listeners had a better marketing engine, they might need more arms so they could deal with all the work. That's my terrible attempt at a segue. I was James... pretty good, actually. <laughs> James Barnwell from the Online Co. Welcome to Tradies in Business Podcast, mate. Yeah, g'day, guys. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. No worries. So, uh, James, we're talking about, well, all things online, of course, your business name and yeah. a bit of marketing. Probably not a lot of tradies doing marketing at this time of year. I think they all wish they had stopped their marketing <laughs> some time ago because they're all under the pump. But yeah. uh, tell us, tell our listeners a bit about you, James. Who's James Barnwell? Yeah, well, I, I finished um, I finished school a long time ago, thirty years ago, um, and uh, and studied uni, uh, studied marketing straight out of straight out of school. Uh, started in nineteen ninety four, so wow. this is pre Google. It's, <laughs> it's a long time pre Facebook, pre uh, uh, you know, well, the internet really becoming thing in nineteen ninety three. So, you know, all of my study was. The traditional media, the TV and the radio, and 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 then all the psychology and all the, the you know the practical human elements behind marketing. So that's where I got started. And um, once I once I left uni, I, I had the entrepreneurial itch, so I went and started some businesses, did a few different things. But by two thousand and nine, I'd I'd returned and was uh, and started our agency, the Online Co. In two thousand and nine, so we've been going for fourteen years, having lots of fun. James, you would have seen a hell of a lot of changes in that time, but the one thing I think that is really consistent is the psychology behind marketing. Yes, uh, absolutely true. I mean, there's this saying by Jim Collins, we need to preserve the core and stimulate change, and it's both. Mm. And um, I feel like there is a thinking in the digital world, and and our industry doesn't help this. I think we perpetuate it, and everything's changing. You know, it's all it's all different. I've got to wake up every morning and relearn my skill. And um, that's... There's a there's a partial truth to that. You know, chat GPT and everything everything's cha- changing in a sense from a tactical and an execution sense, but the core of marketing is people and mm. 
human beings with needs and wants, with needing to change and problems and, you know, motivations, that hasn't changed. I'd argue it hasn't changed in a couple of thousand years. You know, um, mm. kids are still kids and teenagers are still teenagers and, you know, we're all kind of broken humans doing our best to uh, <laughs> get through life, aren't we? It's incredibly true. I feel like uh, sometimes with marketing and uh, I, I sounds like I've done a similar number of laps of the sun as you, James. Yeah. Uh, I started in, uh, in business <laughs> in the early 90s and sales and I've been through finance and a few different industries and hung around the trades a bit and, and been coaching for, um, well, more than a decade now. But I, I think of marketing and what's happened to a little bit like photography with the advent of digital cameras and all of this amazing, you know, consumer editing software and tools and everything with photos that everyone now is a professional photographer uh, because they have a digital camera in their hands. And I feel like the, the digitization of marketing has perhaps tricked people into thinking that it's all about the tech and the tools and the, the, the cool tactics and not about being clear on their customer needs. Do you, do you see that as well, James, in your agency, that sort of evolution where people are like, well, I don't need outside advice. Like I don't need a professional photographer anymore because I've got this cool camera. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the person using the camera and the subject being photographed, not the camera itself. Isn't it? I think it's a good analogy. Um, yeah. I, I see a number of mindsets. I mean, back in 1993, if you were going to do marketing, you were going to try and win over hearts and minds through sort of big scale brand awareness. Now, how do I get someone to know and like my business? How, how do I get a great name? Because that's all we had. You know, it was TV and radio and newspaper and print. You could do letterbox drops and, you know, magnets in the post, all those sorts of things. But, um, you know, that, that's what we had. Fast forward 20 years, all of a sudden we got data. And the data says my cost per lead from this campaign is $50. So we say, well, how do we make that 49? You know, well, how do we how do we push that down at 48? Just want to get that lower and lower and lower. Mm-hmm. And it's just Peter Drucker's saying, what gets monitored gets managed. What gets, mm-hmm. gets measured gets managed. So we measure cost per lead and we measure the number of leads and we go, well, anything that's not directly contributing to this, I shouldn't be doing. Mm-hmm. But the truth is if you put out a campaign um, you're looking for leads, there's only a percentage, a small percentage. I've read 3% of people that will see your ad and are ready to buy mm-hmm. right now. So if you and all the other sparkies or you know, plumbers or whatever the trade is are doing the same thing, then you're all fishing out of this tiny pond. The other 97% is getting ignored. Mm. And the research will say, hey, you should be winning over some hearts and minds before they need you so that when they come into market, and then they see you, they're already primed. They're already partially sold. And so the researcher will say you should be doing maybe 60% brand awareness, 40% sales activation, spending more time winning over hearts and minds than trying to asking people to buy. So it should be a little bit more 1993, you know, maybe 2013. I think people are getting better. I think the, the market is turning and we're becoming a little less click data, you know, uh, ROI, direct ROI focused. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we shouldn't be ROI focused. 
I'm saying that brand awareness plus sales activation gives better ROI than just buy now, sale ends now, mm. you know, offer ends on Sunday, but that sort of thing. Mm. It's something we see pretty typically with trade businesses is they only turn on their marketing when they've, their leads have dried up. And yes. so they're doing exactly what you're talking about then, James. They're getting to that point where I've got to come up with a discount or a special offer or something fantastic to stand out from the crowd. And yet they could have spent the three months prior doing some brand awareness so that when the time comes that that purchaser is ready for the purchase, they're top of mind instead of they yeah. don't even exist. They're just another noise in the crowd. Yeah, and they're primed. Yeah. How do we, so for a trades business owner listening at home or on the job, how do we, what does that even mean? You know, that whole brand awareness piece, many of them don't understand yet what that is. Can you talk us through what that looks like potentially for a trade business? Yeah. So this, this idea comes from the marketing funnel. Uh, Most people have heard of that. If you haven't, it's just a simple idea that people go through stages in the process of coming to do business with you. So for simply there's a cold, a cold audience, a warm audience, and a hot audience. The hot audience we know very well, we're very good at, go and run your call to action campaigns, ask people to buy now. We know that. So don't need to spend much time talking about that. It's the mm. other end, it's the cold people that have never heard of you, mm. seen your logo, they don't like you, they don't trust you, because they haven't had a chance to. You haven't, you haven't talked to them yet. So we need to do something to say, hey, we, we exist. And um, there's research that says you've got to repeat your message between eight, I've read all sorts of things, eight to 17 times to even burn a neural pathway. So you, know, you, you, you show a Facebook ad or you show a social post or, you know, a sign out the front of your building or you've got your car out or whatever it is. It doesn't have to be just digital. You need about eight of them before they even register that you exist. Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's the piece. Now, once they know you exist and then they have a need and then they see you, you are now top of the pile mm-hmm. and you are now going to beat the rest of the pack who've gone, oh, no leads today, better turn it on. And, mm-hmm. and can I speak to that? Because, I, you know, in, a, in a, any successful organisation, there's five pillars. There's your operations, there's your people, there's your finance, there's your sales. And last but not least is your marketing. And when you look at the urgency importance matrix, all of them sit in the important urgent except for marketing, which sits in the important and Mm non-urgent. So operations, if I can't get somebody out to the job today, I'm in trouble, right? That's all of a sudden a massive issue. And if I'm not bringing in more money than I'm spending, that's an issue. But marketing, oh, no, I can switch that off. Mm-hmm. that's fine that, uh, you know so it's the first thing to get deprioritized but you pay an opportunity cost the money you're not spending now is costing you sales in three six twelve two years it's costing it's costing you mm-hmm. you just can't see it right now and you potentially cut your costs today to save a few bucks but that 10 grand you save in the next three months or whatever what is the opportunity cost and then what we see is what I call the marketing doom loop. It's when you look at finance and you go, ah, I um, we need some more money, right? So you look one function, then speaks to the function at the other end. Like money's the last thing. Marketing's the first thing anyone sees about your business. 
You're then typically dealing with a sales function. Then you get the operations piece. Then you pay for the service, right? So money comes last. So money looks right at the other end and says, hey, marketing, I need you to go and get me more money, right? But by that point, when the money's low, the pressure goes to we need leads now. Mm. Instead of saying we need to build our business, we mm. need leads now. So then you do the cheap and nasty sales activation. And none of us like receiving those ads. No one likes being sold to. We talk about proposing marriage on the first date. It's kind of gross and icky and uncomfortable. And most people say no. So then you find yourself doing bad marketing, spending money on bad marketing that's not very effective, which mm. costs you money you didn't have. So you spiral. So yeah. get off the get off the treadmill, do some brand awareness, get that stuff rolling in, and um and and get out of the doom loop. Mm. Another trend we see a lot in the trades is the reliance on word of mouth. When we when we ask uh, lots of trade business owners in the first couple of times that we talk to them, what are you doing about your marketing? So many of them say, oh, we just rely on word of mouth. We've never had to advertise for anything because obviously they don't understand the whole concept of what marketing looks like. James, I'm interested in what your opinion is on strictly word of mouth marketing. So firstly, a personal referral from someone that's used you and likes you is enormously powerful. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to, I'm never going to put it in the bin. And like I said earlier, all of my study was before the internet, right? So I'm not like digital only. I, I understand there's non-digital and that's can be an important part of your mix. Having your van, your, you know, your vans wrapped is probably a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, so let's not poo poo that for a second. However, as your business grows, if you've got you know, one van, and maybe word of mouth is fine. But there's a point you guys would potentially tell me it might be five vans or 10 vans where you've got to feed more mouths mm. than word of mouth is going to do for you. And I would argue that you just want to get on and start doing some activities potentially before you need it to start creating that 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 brand awareness. And digital is the cheapest, mm. most targeted Um most effective way to do it in 2023 or 2024. We're nearly there. It's not far now. I think one of the biggest problems is you can't turn it on and off. Mm. Word of mouth marketing. Yeah. So so it, and mouth. They're not, <laughs> how convenient was that? <laughs> but I, I, the other thing that we see is they're not measuring. So they're not, they're not taking the opportunity to gather the data that goes with the word of mouth. So they can put something together that means that it can be more reliable and so, therefore, they're at the mercy of where the market is sitting rather than being at the mercy of what their marketing campaign looks like. Yeah. And it's that's a hard concept if you've never thought about marketing as a concept rather than just something you do, you know, an advertisement you do to get a job mm -hmm. right now because I've got no more leads coming in. Yeah. But, James, when you're talking, because we, we, again, another area we get a lot of feedback about is people working and those listening can't see me doing air quotes and I am doing them with marketing companies yeah. um, who've invested a lot of money and they're not getting any results. Right. And I think that there's a big difference between those who understand what real marketing is yes. and those who get sold by a fancy solution. And I wonder if you could give our listeners a few tips or, or an understanding on what marketing is as a whole. We've alluded to a couple of things here with uh, brand awareness and building that out as part of your marketing. But as a, as a whole, what should marketing look like? Well, let me give you a little insight into my industry. And um, 
Last time I checked the ABS, there's something about like 12,000 agencies in Australia. About 2,000 close every year and another 2,000 pop up. Mm -hmm. There's a vast spectrum of quality. There's the top end of town, right? They're dealing with Westpac, so let's ignore them. But there's a bottom end of town. Now, you're going to play hit and miss with a solo operator who, you know, says they can do everything or a small agency. There's good there's good agencies at every level, so I'm not going to poo-poo them, but there is a definitely a difference between some agencies and others. And uh, if somebody's guaranteeing you results, run. Just run. Marketing is not engineering. I'm not building you a car. <laughs> you know, I'm not installing a PowerPoint that's going to work or not going to work. It's not like that. It's human psychology. It mm -hmm. sits in a marketplace and an economy which has a heavy influence on it. Your competitors have an influence on it. Uh, the quality of what you do has an influence on it. And, um, you know, as we tinker on the edge, edge of recession we've got inflation all these things happening there's all sorts of factors that are influencing whether people are going to buy from you or not that are completely outside my control as an agency so if i tell you i can guarantee you something i'm lying i'm lying to get your sale that, that's the that's the first issue if it's just kind of lead gen focused i would raise a question mark around that i just don't see <sighs> People promising sort of magical, magical answers. I'll deliver this many. I just don't see good marketing ever really working like that. I'd say good marketing is more like, you know, imagine a massive concrete sphere and you push on it, you push really hard and you move it an inch and it's hard to get it started, but the next inch is a bit easier. And as you push and you push, you get more and more momentum and it works better and better over time. And the clients that we've worked with for the last 10 plus years, the results are incredible because they've pushed and pushed and they've got this big momentum. I think if, a, if an agency or someone's talking to you tactically, so they're not talking about the customer and they're not talking strategy, they're talking tactics. So, hey, we should do your SEO, we should do your Google ads, we should do your Facebook ads, we should do social posts. They're talking at that level. That's a bit of a red flag to say, hey, this person is not looking at the big picture. You know, the word strategy actually comes from a Greek word for general, like a military general. And the military general will look at the big picture first. And that big picture has to take into account the human, the needs, what's going on internally, the psychological triggers of that human first. In fact, our process is to, to chuck it all out. Let's just talk about your customer. Let's spend time analysing that. Then let's choose the tactics. Then let's go and execute and we're going to execute well now because we understand the customer. So if it's just, hey, Google Ads will fix it for you, I'd raise a red flag on that. The, the other thing is around planning. Um, is Are we going to do have a crack? You know, let's go do a three-month trial and just see how it works. Or are we planning? Are we saying, are we thinking in a 12-month time frame or longer, ideally? We, we talk about 12 months because... Thinking past 12 months is a bit of a challenge for, for most people. But a 12-month plan, what are we going to roll out in the 12 months? What are our measurement points? Um, you know, when are we, what are our milestones? And actually think through a professional approach to what's going to happen over the next 12 months. There are a couple of flags. There are people out there doing great work. I have a policy of not knocking my competitors. 
Um, but there are people who have done a five-hour LinkedIn learning course, got a website built on Fiverr, and are now digital marketing experts selling you services. And if they're very skilled at sales or they're good talkers, uh, you know, be concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a bit like business coaching. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Nick and I have been around the industry for quite some time and there are some amazing coaches doing incredible things and then we see them popping up overnight and then they pop off again, not yeah. too far down the track. Uh, and it's like any industry, you know, there's probably like there's genuine operators, there's good operators, and then there's the rest. Uh, and I, I, I was listening to what you're saying, James, about marketing. Really, it's a long game. It's it's a strategic game. It's a, It should be a, a core part of the business, not just that poor cousin down the end of the line who only gets asked yeah. when we need some more money, go and, go and get us some leads, right? Uh, and for us as business coaches working with our tradiepreneur clients, it's a bit similar. The people who have that mentality of this is a long game, you know, it's not a, a quick fix, you know, get me out of trouble in my trade business or I just want to double my profit in the next three months. Um, we certainly right. see those Instagram ads. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I'd cringe. But how, how does someone, you know, if someone's listening to this, they're in a trade business, perhaps they're a bit jaded because they've chucked money at at some of those sort of, um, quick fix uh, tactics in marketing. Have you got any tips for them to transition? Because it, it sounds expensive and sounds like a lot of work for someone to go from the current approach, you know, the bits and pieces approach to that more coordinated strategic approach. Yeah. So th- there's a budget question and I'm sure you guys have seen the numbers where, you know, they've ranged between sort of 1%, 10% of your revenue that you should be spending on marketing. I, I don't know what to do with those. Like the variance is so big. <laughs> you, you guys might have a particular thought in your industries. Um, there should be a budget going towards marketing at all times. And, and, I, and I, when I was talking about the five pillars of a business, one of them is your people. So we know that if I'm not looking after my people, training my people, motivating my people, if I'm not investing money into my people, that's going to be expensive. We just know that because replacing them is expensive. Unmotivated bad work is expensive. You know, there's, there's just a whole host of problems down that path. So we invest in that. We invest in that not really knowing or being able to project what the ROI is on that. And and I would just argue that you should be putting a portion of your turnover into marketing as a set budget and you consider what is, um, well, you want to figure out what's comfortable and maybe just a little stretch on that. Don't go stupid. Don't Please don't go betting the farm. When I get someone talking to me who's on that marketing doom loop and they say, and I want to throw a lot of money, I get very scared. Um, because I'm I'm expected to be the salvation of their business, and I know that you know I alone can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can be part of a process, but you know if if you if you're wanting to grow your business and you have a design to turn your five hundred thousand dollar business into a three million dollar business or or three into ten or whatever that is, marketing is going to be a component of that. So you are going to have to invest something. So then work with a partner like ourselves who can help you figure out what a what a what it's going to cost to do some activities turn them on and you can scale those activities up over time as you grow mm. James is there one form of marketing that every business should be doing I I find in dealing with businesses across all industries that most people need SEO mm-hmm. as in 
people will typically get a website built. They'll make it lovely. It looks beautiful. People like it. And Google hasn't got the foggiest idea what it's about. Google is not a human. It's a robot. It just comes and reads the code and tries to decide based on 300 plus factors where it should rank you for what. So most people are not getting much traffic to their website. They're not doing sort of good human things. So we talk about the mixture between making Google happy and making people happy. We need Mm -hmm. to do both. It's not either or. Uh, So most of the time we find people need that. Maybe secondary to that is just a social media strategy Mm -hmm. and a mixture, and I'm getting tactical, a mixture between organic posting on Facebook and Insta and, and, and a paid component as well. So it's pushing the message out to your potential customers in your target area, as well as maintaining that, um, you know, that rhythm of talking to existing customers or previous customers. And, and usually the, the paid and the organic social media feed each other. They're, they're two usual things. The nuance of that depends on your business, mm-hmm. who you are, your values, your points of difference, your target customer, all, all of those things on how to execute that properly. James, I wonder uh, when it comes to marketing, is it something you think that business owners can do effectively on their own? It's kind of a leading question, I know. <laughs> um, yes, in some cases. So I, I find I find that I meet people will, which, who will have a bent in one of those five core areas. So, so you'll find the accountant types and they do their own accounting because they love it and they're good at it. And I find people that, are, that can do their own marketing because they love it and they're good at it. So if that's you and you geek out on it, go and do it. Like, it's fantastic. Um, why not? You're going to enjoy it. You're going to do a good job because it's your business and you care. Mm. I mean, there is that forest for the trees thing around marketing your own business is a bit difficult because you know, I can't quite see what pe- other people are seeing about me. So we as an agency hire in consultants from time to time to go to help us with our own marketing just to fix the forest for the trees. Mm. Um, the, the other thing is that if you are a startup, and it's maybe it's just you or it's you and your missus or you've got one, you know, there's three of you or something. Sometimes getting an agency is just not economical. You, you, you can't afford it. And, and I would encourage those people to, um, to do a bit of study, uh, to tackle their social posting, have a crack at some Facebook, Instagram ads, try and write a blog, try and fiddle with the web. Try and get yourself to kind of first base marketing so you have an understanding of what it is you do. As your business grows, you're going to need to give that seat to somebody who can do it Mm. properly because you as the business owner are going to need to be doing higher value things. You're going to be needing to manage, recruit staff. You're going to be needing to bring in new sales, land those bigger contracts. There's far better things you can do with your time than save, you know, however many dollars an hour it is to, to, to do your marketing. And, um, so I've given you a couple of cases of people that should. Pretty much everyone else should get someone else to do it. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, say, oh, no, I'm an agency, you should use me. Um, you know, there's cases where it makes sense, makes sense for you to do it. And mm. uh, it, it might be it might be the 80-20. There's probably 20% of people that should and 80% shouldn't, something like that. Sounds mm. about right. James, um, how do we choose a good agency? So again, you know, this isn't about bad mouthing that there are some agencies aren't right for some people. This is probably about finding the right fit for you and your business. How do you even know, given that we don't have experience, we don't understand what marketing is, 
How do we choose the right agency to help us with this? So I think you need you need a you need a level of experience there, and you want to know what that is. How long's the agency been around? Been around for less than two years. Well, we all know the stats on that. <laughs> um, running an agency is challenging in a, in a few unique areas in that you need to have expertise across a number of disciplines. Um, the sort of person that can do you know graphics is often different to the sort of person that does like web programming and that's different to somebody who does copywriting and that could be different to someone who does data analysis so you you often need a number of different skills so um you don't develop them quickly and you Mm -hmm. typically need multiple people to be able to deliver that so so there's the experience and the sort of depth of skill um I would trust your gut, you know, if, if, if it all sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If you're not getting a good vibe from the person, I, I would be listening to that. I, I certainly use that myself. Um, and, you know, is there a structured approach? Is there some sort of process that you can see and understand and you know what's coming up next mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you're, and you're, paying, you're, you're paying for the advice and, um, you know, so, so we do a 12-month digital marketing. We call it a playbook up front. And that's our process to map out everything that's going to be done. And we charge for that and we're upfront about that. And we're upfront about what the next range of fees could be. So so you very clearly see what the process is going to be. So, you know, in that, in that you just have some comfort around, oh, they've given this some thought. Oh, and they've actually bothered to get a graphic designer to put the, you know, the process together in a flow chart and, you know, mm-hmm. I can see what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and I just think some of the things bef- that I said before, if they're guaranteeing results, then just run for the hills. It's it, it's terrible. Very smooth talkers are usually a bit of a red red flag. Um, and yeah, sort of. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. James, uh, I'm going to hit you with a question that you don't know is coming. Uh, okay. <laughs> and it's not it's not too hard. I reckon you'll have a decent answer for this. If you had a thousand trade business owners in a room, what's one piece of advice you would love to leave them with? One piece, yeah. It is that short-termism in marketing is unwise always. It's never a good idea to do short-term, to think short-term about marketing. Uh, If you're serious about growing your business long-term, you need to be serious about doing marketing long-term. It's a compulsory component. It's one of the five pillars. It needs to be on and it needs to be thought through and executed consistently over years. We deal with SMEs, but we deal with um, corporates as well. And you know that the corporates who have been investing in their brand over time, one of our corporates has been in business for 100 years, their household name, and they manufacture for trades. And we see the, the results on their campaigns and they're obscene. They're like, they're so good because people know and trust that brand. Mm. And they've taken the they've taken the time, a hundred years in this case, to embed themselves in every Australian's mind. And mm. you know, you don't need to go to that level. We all know that local cafe or the local hairdresser or somebody who's like, oh yeah, got to go down to Joe Blows or whatever. They're awesome. They've developed a brand. It, it doesn't mm. need to be a national brand. It can be a local brand. You can do it. But if you're thinking, get me some leads, what's the quickest way to turn around some leads? It's not really marketing. It's probably more like sales. And there's, the research is pretty clear. It doesn't work very well. 
my experience is pretty clear, doesn't work very well. You actually, <laughs> you actually often get the worst leads. In, if there's an entire pie, often just skim off the worst, most desperate people who are, you know, who don't have much money, who have poor quality jobs, are not going to pay. Like you typically, that's typically what you get with that sort of attitude. And if you're looking to grow your business, you just need to think bigger than that. Great advice, James. Uh, now, if someone's listening to this, it's like, oh, let's go check this guy out. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your agency? So you can Google the online co. Uh, there's only one, so you'll come through our website. You can jump on there. You can book a quick chat with me. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. But we do have a free health check where what we can do is actually um, put together, you've got to put in three of your top three competitors. We'll compare how you're doing digitally with them. Um, it might be great news. It might be a bit of a sobering piece of news. But, uh, yeah, that form is going to take a couple of minutes for you to, to fill in, but we'll get you a report off the back of that. And I'll be happy to chat chat it through with you as well and see how we can help. Awesome stuff. Well, James, thanks for um, probably giving a bit of a different slant on marketing. I love the the long game aspect of it. So thanks for your time today on the podcast. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been terrific. Thanks, James. You've been listening to the Tradies and Business Podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesandbusiness.com.au.